It's the 10 to 1 Podcast with your host, Brad Ullman, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Lauks. And here's the podcast. That kind of sounded like it was an old TV because you're not here with us in the studio. So it, it really sounded like, you know, I'm, I'm watching very original SNL. You were absolutely from yeah. 1974, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, in, I'm in a big old tube TV. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, you are. <laughs> Welcome to the 10 to 1 podcast, everyone. We are an SNL review and rewatch podcast. If you are a Saturday Night Live fan, Welcome to the team. Good to have you. We talk about the sketches, what we loved, what we didn't love, uh, the host, what we thought of them, and just have a lot of fun together. We're three friends that just love comedy. We love Saturday Night and Live. And even if you don't watch Saturday Night Live and you're still listening, why? I, I, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> just just kind of be quiet, please. All right? I don't want to hear your opinions. Good, good job, Ben. Way to hold on to those listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but why would you do it? It's just, hi, Mom. <laughs> Uh, Michael B. Jordan was the host on this episode, so we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, what we thought of him. Um, Favorite Michael B. Jordan film, go. Creed. Fantastic Four. (laughs) (laughs) Is it really Creed? No, no. Which which Creed? You you really put me on the spot there. No, it's okay. It's okay. uh, Do you want to rethink that one or no? Because Creed is a fine answer. No, honestly, it's probably my favorite thing. That was what really introduced me to him. Okay. I had not seen uh, Fruitville Station. I had not seen, um, what was the other one, Brad, that came out before Creed? Fruitville Station is the only one that uh, that I knew. When, uh, when did Just Mercy? Oh, no, just... no, you're thinking of Black Panther. No, when did, just, <laughs> when did just Mercy come out? Just Mercy came out after Creed. Okay, sorry. Which again, so, yeah, great so, film okay. too. Yep. Creed. Then I'll say Creed and I'll stick by it. Brad, what about you? Uh, yeah, I think I would say Creed as well because uh, I do think Fruitville Station is fantastic and that was actually the first thing that I, I saw him in. Um, but he's also fantastic uh, in the original Black Panther. As That's well. what I was going to say. Just, it's hard uh, for me to not pick that one because I love Black Panther so much. But he also has a new one coming up. Uh, we have another podcast called Go Flex Yourself. We talked about this in an episode not too long ago about Creed, the, the third one. Third, um, Creed 3 is directorial debut. Looks great. So we're very excited about that. But this is his first time hosting Saturday Night Live. Cold Open, classified press conference written by Streeter Seidel, Will Steven, and Brian Tucker, Attorney General. Merrick Garland, played by Mikey Day, and FBI agents Keenan Thompson, Ego Nwodim, and Bowen Yang give a press briefing on their search for more classified documents. I feel like every president right now is probably peeing themselves a little bit about having a classified document at home. So they're obviously playing on this idea. Um, what was it? Um, Donald Trump obviously had classified documents. Joe Biden had it. Mike Pence had them. So they're playing on this idea that everyone has it. Mark Garland, who played by Mikey Day. It's very, very uh, nebbish librarian. <laughs> yes, which is Merrick Garland. But again, I don't know if people know enough about Merrick Garland to care. Uh, it was actually a fairly good impression, but people don't really know Merrick Garland. What did you guys think of this sketch? So cold opening. We've talked a lot about political cold openings. Did this work for you? Yeah, honestly, for the most part, it did. And I think it's because... Even though they didn't do what we like to see them do, where they take something from the headlines that's that's topical and relevant and apply it to like a an absurd game show premise or or some kind of you know different sketch formula, what they did do was they they used something that did what's happening in the news with all these classified documents popping up at uh, Trump's house and Biden's house and uh, Pence's house, but they put this uh, spin on it where most of the the material they were coming up with was original funny stuff that just happened to coincide with 
something that was actually happening. So it was it was actually pretty funny. Keenan Thompson in particular uh, was hilarious, and I thought that the framing of like making Merrick Garland like this '80s TV sheriff, like he's on on, on the hunt for you. Uh, I, I I really liked it. I thought it was pretty good. No, the interplay between that and then also the the uh, Keenan, Ego, and Bowen playing the FBI agents, and all had different approaches to you know how they were going to talk about their experience. Especially Bowen Yang just fanboying out about, oh my god, I got to go to Brock's house. Yeah, like that so was funny. so funny. And you're right, it's taking uh, the premise of politics and then putting a funny spin on it, but not just. And also, they didn't do the thing that I hate, which is like, hey, what else is going on that we could sprinkle in here? Like you didn't see, you know, Kanye uh, come through the, the the background and wink at the camera, or or you didn't have a TikTok dance that just went viral last week, shoehorned in somehow. They they really stuck to this premise, and they they let the comedy kind of come out of it rather than shoehorning anything in, which is their problem. Uh, if they're not doing a direct, you know, C-SPAN takeoff of the political stuff. So, no, I was, I was a big fan of this sketch. So we often see these cold opens about um, uh, political sketches, Fox News, you know, Jeanine Pirro kind of things. And they end up being a very similar formula. This was at least creative. I, I was wondering, though, when we were watching this, we've only been kind of watching SNL. Brad, maybe you've been doing your your stuff on Slash from a little bit longer, but Ben and I have only been watching SNL in the way that we watch it now, which is a little closer. We look at it a little more. We review it a little closer um, for a year and a half. Do, I don't think I've ever picked a cold open as the best sketch of the night. Tonight I won't either. But do you think before, you know, let's say the 90s, when we were kind of watching SNL in the, the golden years when we started watching it, when we were in middle school, do you think some of those cold openings were the best sketches of the night? Or I, I just feel like this season and last season that we've watched, cold opens have been fine, but they've never been great. And I seem to feel like at one point they were some of the best stuff. And I also kind of lament a little bit because I think some people only watch the cold opens and they turn it off afterwards if it's not very good. And it hasn't been the best sketch or even probably typically one of the best couple sketches even in, in an the episode. Top five a lot of times. And, and again, this one was yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with this. This is not, this conversation is not necessarily, you know, contingent on this sketch itself, but what do you guys think of that? Do you think that's true? Do you think cold opens in the past were better than they are now um, or is it just kind of, you know, how it's always been? I mean, for, for a long time now, at, at, uh, and for, and for me, like my, my strongest memories are that this really started happening, uh, after the, the 2000, uh, two, was it 2000 or 2004, the, the, the first Gore Bush, uh, you know, election, 2000, they, two, they had 2000, the, yeah. 2000. Yeah. So th that for me was like, I feel like a dawn of a new era where like they really started leaning heavily into doing cold opens based around the political scene almost all the time. And maybe it was like that before, but I didn't watch SNL every single time it was on, you know, in the nineties to really know that because I was younger and I didn't always catch it. Um, but I think ever since the Gore Bush debates became a huge hit and then eventually got followed up with all the stuff with, uh, with Sarah Palin and that kind of thing, they really leaned into doing a lot of those debate sketches and stuff like that uh, in the very opening of the show. And they've kind of stuck to the political formula for a long time. I think the, the problem is that so much of that stuff in, from the 2000s through uh, the two th early 2010s was based on like stuff that was pretty easy to lampoon because it, some silly stuff came from Bush being an idiot and uh, Gore being kind of out of touch with people and all that kind of stuff. 
but it was never as ridiculous as things are right now, thanks to Donald Trump and the shit show that is the Republican Party. And I think it's just, it's a lot harder to really satirize something, as we've discussed, when it's already so stupid and circus-like to begin with. And I think that's the struggle that they've had. That's a big part of why we've only really liked the cold open when they mix it up and do something that isn't their usual formula, because it just, it works better and it allows them to like actually be more mm. comedic when it comes down to it. That's a good point. Uh, SNL, you know, forever leans liberal is a very, uh, a big progressive uh, space for comedy. And they have always had trouble making fun of Democrats. It's, it's not been as easy as it is to lampoon uh, Republicans. And a lot of times it's because, you know, Republicans have some pretty staunch and hardcore right wing issues that a lot of general, uh, you know, uh, people that in the comedy world are going to disagree with. And so you can kind of take that vitriol and run with it. Uh, Biden being kind of a doddering old man that f- is forgetful is, is hard to lampoon other than like, oh, he can't remember stuff. That's tough to lampoon. Bill Clinton, however, got sent up in the best way where he was this. You know that sketch of Daryl Hammond in the McDonald's that that's is, just, is literally you brought all time Clinton, that's political the one that always sticks, with and that's yep. a great lampoon of a Democrat, right? Where they weren't holding back and they were making fun of his weight, and he's in the public eye, and so, and then when the Lewinsky stuff hit, I mean, they went after them. So there, there have been glimpses of SNL going after Democrats in, in the right way. It's just a lot harder a lot of times because, you know. Uh, by and large, the Democrats stay kind of scandal-free and don't say as, as ridiculously outlandish things, and that's hard to lampoon. Uh, ben, I need to give you a little bit of a correction uh, because it is not Daryl Hammond as Bill Clinton in McDonald's. Oh, my God. You're, I'm so sorry. I'm an idiot. That's Phil Hartman. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. I'm a moron. I don't know why I thought that. Uh, yeah, no, that's Phil Hartman, of course. I'm keeping all of that in. That's um, fine. No, please do. Yeah. Because <laughs> all, all the listeners are like, what the fuck? <laughs> so... Yeah, and again, I've got no problem with political ske- political sketches. It has been a political sketch, the cold open for a long time, mostly not always, but mostly. It's just it's odd when we when SNL starts now. The cold open is one of the things that I get through. Yeah, more than I look forward to. Hundred percent. Um, and I typically tend to like it. I don't love it, but I know that the best sketch is going to be somewhere in between. Absolutely, um, and maybe that's always been the case. I don't know. Um, because I've only been watching it as intently for the last year and a half. I think the only other consistent uh, cold opens are when uh, they when they've occasionally had a, a five timer and they open with the five timers club. Yeah, right. for yeah. The cold yeah. Yes. All right. Moving on. Monologue by Michael B. Jordan, written by Mike Desenzo, Jake Norblin, and August White. First time host Michael B. Jordan talks about directing Creed three and going through a public breakup. This also starred Chloe Feynman, Heidi Gardner, Punky Johnson, and Ego Nuotum. Michael B. Jordan's monologue was Heidi Gardner's 400th SNL sketch appearance. So she's been on the show for quite a few times. Let's get this out of the way. Michael B. Jordan was the thirst trap on this show this year. Yes, right? he was. He <laughs> and was Heidi very Gardner much... worked her way into almost every one yes, of the sketches. Yes. Um, so... A little jealous, but that's okay. What'd you guys think? I thought Punky Johnson, for me, had the my favorite line in it all about, you know, again, Punky, Punky Johnson is... I, she's gay. She's gay. I didn't know if she's bisexual, but she's gay, I think. Um, you know, she's like, uh, even vegans try meat sometimes. Yeah, you know, kind of yeah. things. And so her line... I, I wanted to point that out because I don't think we've necessarily been critical of Punky Johnson, but we haven't ne- necessarily celebrated Punky Johnson much because we thought she hasn't done it. Well, she hasn't. Um, and that's not unfair. She just isn't and on the there's show. There's been a couple lines in these last couple of shows where I fought, thought she found her voice, and that was a great line, delivered perfectly. 
in a way that I thought found her voice. Like it was great. And so I, I never said I, I never said that I didn't want to see more of her. I was more making yeah. fun of the fact that we don't see any of her. Yeah. You know, I really liked it because even though Michael B. Jordan, it's his first time hosting and he he's not quite as skilled with this kind of delivery as he is, you know, as an actor. But what I liked about the monologue is how uh, he was clearly game to talk about anything, like talking about the public breakup situation and that viral. Who did photo he break up with? I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't. Know I don't know either. I, I don't. I don't know. And I, I, I could give two shits. My wife would probably you, know, but I'm, I didn't know. I'm not joking. When I thought you guys were going to fill me in, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I'll just wait. I'll just wait until the no. show, and then you guys will definitely know." If it, is it Rihanna? Like, who did he break up with? <laughs> no, I have no idea. Lori, Lori Harvey, Steve Harvey's daughter. Is that is that real? Uh, that that is right. Yeah. Oh, can't believe there wasn't a family well, feud. What I do love um, is that when he talked, he was able to talk about this uh, and make fun of himself about it. So, you know, with the sad photo that caught him at the basketball game. Uh, and I love the reference to the Michael Jordan meme that comes. Oh, that's great. That's sad. great. That's that well, was funny. That's well uh, and then on top of that, they had another great thing that uh, we love seeing when the hosts do some kind of flashback to their early work. And we oh, got yeah. to see a clip of Michael B. Jordan on a soap opera with just a terrible, terrible performance. Yeah, just not uh, and, again, and again, making fun of himself, talking about going through puberty in the middle of that wolf howl he did. Um, and then ending it, you know, with like an actual like with sketch bit file. where all, all, the, the, all the female members came out. Yeah, it was just it was a really well written and tightly composed uh, monologue. And so while I wish the delivery would have been a little bit stronger, it wasn't bad or anything like that. Um, but but yeah, it was it was a solid monologue. Yeah, it, it, it was it wasn't a Kardashian delivery. All right. Moving on. Good morning today. Written by Dan Bulla. And who do you think? Sarah Sherman. Obviously, two morning <laughs> show hosts, <laughs> Keenan Thompson and Chloe Feynman, check in on their co-workers, Michael B. Jordan and Sarah Sherman, who are stuck on a roller coaster with uh, this also had an injury dispute in it. This will tell you how much Saturday Night Live trusts Sarah Sherman now is they put a silly alternative comedy type of sketch as the, the, the sketch after Basically, the Basically, the lead-in. It is yep. the lead-in to the entire a show. And this is not the 10 to 1. What our podcast is named after is typically- It no longer exists. Yeah, we got to change the 10 to 1 is typically the silliest sketch. It's They try different things. Sarah Sherman is just, she's just found her voice. Hey, guys, welcome to the monologue follower. <laughs> yeah. That's the new title of the show because that's when the weird sketch is going to go from now on. Loved it. I thought this was hilarious. It's amazing. I would have loved to hear the pitch to Michael B. Jordan. Okay, so what we're going to do. <laughs> hey, have you ever seen that game that you play where you put the thing in your mouth and you yeah. can't really talk right? We're going to do that, but we're going to crank it up to about 15. Yes. And, and then, then also hot chili. And then we're going <laughs> to put stuff in your mouth and it's yeah. just going to get you all messy and it's going to be so funny. And it's going to break Kenan Thompson and he's going to laugh into his mug. Kudos to Michael B. Jordan for doing it. Oh, I love, um, it. love it. We love when serious actors. I'll say this. Michael B. Jordan, I, I thought was a, a good host. He wasn't a great host, I, maybe because I don't know if his comedy chops are perfectly there yet. He's a great, serious actor. I think that sometimes he struggled with some of the comedy. Maybe it was because I struggled seeing him doing comedy because I'm not used to seeing that. What do you that. think about this? And Brad, I want your opinion on this But one. I love this sketch with him in it. Oh, no, this sketch is great. But I feel like there's a difference. Okay, you've got, let's say, Chris Hemsworth, who has a comedic voice already, knows how to do comedy, and then is on the show and, and clearly is can do serious but also can do comedy. But we knew that going in. But then you've got Adam Driver that comes in and is is all serious. It doesn't and, really do comedies. But the know? comedy in the show then comes from him playing serious roles that are then just the other people. He's the straight man a lot of times. He's not he's not telling jokes. Yeah. He's 
uh, Parnassus in the sketch where it's uh, there will be blood or his science room and it and it's he's taking it so serious that that's the joke and Michael B Jordan falls somewhere in between where he's trying to be more of the Chris Hemsworth and just trying to have fun with it but he's not he doesn't have the comic timing he's not really a comedian but he also doesn't launch right into the serious stuff and play it for laughs like that Brad and, what, what do you think about that Brad no, honestly, that's that's exactly what I put in uh, my review when I talked because I have a, wait. You I, didn't I say Chris Hemsworth. Do you say Chris Hemsworth and Adam Driver? I didn't say Chris Hemsworth, but I did say Adam Driver because the thing that I mentioned was is, is pretty much exactly what you said. I always review the host specifically, and I say, you know, how is so and so as the host? And Michael B. Jordan was clearly game to do anything and wanted to have fun and was having a blast, but he doesn't quite have the honed comedic abilities that some hosts do to like be like truly hilarious. He, he tried his best and he was pretty funny most of the time. Yeah, he was a good but host. He was a good host. Yeah. He, yeah. He's a good host, but there's something about his performance in comedy that still feels a little bit stilted, but he's also not, per, not confronting it in a very serious way in the way that Adam driver does because Michael B. Jordan is a great dramatic actor. And there were some times where he's like approaching it in a dramatic way. You can feel it in the, the Jake from state farm sketch a little bit. And some, uh, some of the other sketches that shines through, but he's not quite as dedicated to like, playing it straight as adam driver so you're right he falls somewhere in between and it makes it makes him like just it's just it's fall, it's, it's, fall it's shy of yeah it, it's the no man's land of comedy then yeah so brad what did you think of this uh sketch good morning today i, I love this sketch and because like the makeup job that they did around the oh mouthpiece made it look even more horrifying and every time sarah sherman's eyes went wide she looked like an insane person dude i love and, this so much yeah and seeing michael b jordan like as soon as I saw him do this, uh, this early in the show, I was like, oh, he's just going to like do so many fun, weird things. Yeah. Uh, because getting the soup dumped on him and everything, like he just did not care. He, he was clearly shit. having so much fun. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right. Moving on. This was a pre-tape. This this one probably online got some of the most. I was going to say, this uh, is probably gets, gets yeah. the traction, as the kids uh, say. Southwest Airlines written by Alex. Oh, sorry. English. Sorry. I forgot. This is not Jake from State Farm. No, right. this, is, this, this one had, though, a lot of talk as well. Uh, both of the pre-tapes, honestly. You're yeah. going to get to that one, too, which did as well. Uh, Southwest Airlines, written by Alex English, Gary Richardson, and Will Steven. Southwest Airlines employees, Heidi Gardner, Michael B. Jordan, James Austin Johnson, Andrew Dismukes, Punky Johnson, Devin Walker, Michael Longfellow, and Marcelo Hernandez introduce a new upgraded airline experience. Now, our co-host, uh, Bradford Omen, is in Utah right now. You were in Florida before. Did you fly Southwest? I didn't fly Southwest this time, but I have flown Southwest several times before, and I will be flying Southwest home. Fingers okay. crossed. <laughs> and uh, listen, as somebody that uh, pretty much specifically flies Southwest, I I take issue with this. Okay, this is not as an listen. As an let me talk to you over here real quick. How, oh boy. How, here, how, come, here comes Ben. No, no. How, defending how, his corporation. Hold on. No, no. How, how seriously? How dare you, you treat you, Southwest like Spirit fucking airlines? Okay. <laughs> Southwest is a good company, and they try very hard. And okay, yes, yes, I don't, this, I don't this, think you can that, say this, this you can say was, Southwest is a good company anymore. You can't say that. It, they made a mistake. Okay, everybody makes a mistake. This is not Spirit Airlines. This is not Frontier. You're not strapped is, to a wing. This is this is now Southwest has become that. This in itself is becoming a sketch. <laughs> oh. So how about there's there's two things. Uh, there was a line in there that I I, I really loved. It was um, something about. Uh, you know, Southwest Airlines, if you don't respect yourself, why would we? The you other thing you I purchased a ticket on Southwest, which means you don't respect yourself. So yeah. why would we? Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about is Heidi Gardner's wig was hilarious. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> it was like a Southwest promo video out of 1994. <laughs> yes. 
I just thought it was really well done. I thought Devin Walker was funny in this as well. He's 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 still trying to find his role, but he's delivering the little bits he gets very, I think, comedically. I really liked him. Uh, what did you think of this, Ben? Did you like it or no? No, I mean, it's it's solid. It's it's very topical, obviously. If yep. you watch this sketch in a year, you're going to be like, what the hell is this? I don't even know. Oh, there must have been something that happened with uh, with Southwest. This is not like an, an all-timer sketch whatsoever. However, they took a relevant topic, and they ran with it, and they made fun of uh, a corporation. Uh, they could have escalated a little more, I'm sure. But they wanted this to come across like a sincere commercial from Southwest. Yep. And so there's not, because of the tone of the sketch, there's not really much you can do with it other than what they did. What did you think of this one, Brad? It's amusing for sure. Um, I, I like it. I think it's pretty funny. But it also, it it, feel, it fits a f- certain formula that Saturday Night Live's advertisement commercials often have. Uh, where you, you make fun of the company for like a mistake or a flub they made or like make fun of the commercial. And this one was a pretty easy target. You know, right. uh, it's it's very easy to like to make fun of the fact that they had a technological glitch that you're talking about them having old computers and they just like don't care and all that stuff. The the one I think that my favorite part of this is how specific they were with the models of computers they used. <laughs> yeah, and with the little, the, little, the little red nipple. little little red nipple on that one. so serious about it. And don't worry, yeah. our air traffic control team has upgraded to the old Dell 6400 yeah. with the red nipple. Yeah, yeah, that was clever. So yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was funny. Um, I think. I think, like Ben said, it probably could have been a little bit better if they escalated more. But yeah, it was. It was solid. All right, moving on. Towel guys, written by Mike Desenzo, Marcelo Hernandez, who gets a writing credit on this one. Jake Norwin and Asha Ward, two resort employees, played by Keenan Thompson and Marcelo Hernandez. Try to connect with their guests, played by Heidi Gardner, Sarah Sherman, Chloe Feynman, Ego Nuotum, and James Austin Johnson. I think James Austin Johnson should get a role on the Righteous Gemstones right now uh, because he, <laughs> he was so great there. Um, you know, this this sketch wasn't perfect, but there was something to this sketch where I was like, I want you to try. I, I want you to try this again and like keep on working on it because there's something there with Marcelo Hernandez's, you know, kind of comedic stuff going there. Ellen De Minimis. You you know you know the talk show Ellen DeMenemis. You know there was just there was something there that I did laugh at. It wasn't a perfect sketch, and and at times it kind of went a little too long. But I I, I liked it enough. So I will say, I, oh, go I, ahead, go ahead, Brad. Yeah, I I didn't think it was that great. To me, this was the worst sketch of the night, and not Whoa, because it was downright. No, 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 not, no, no. Not not because not because it was downright terrible, but because to me, a it feels like a a poor man's Dominican version of Key and Peele doing the valets. And B, the the way it's it's executed is the energy is good. I like Marcella Hernandez and Kina Thompson in these characters, but the punchlines they give them are are not all that great. And so, like I agree with Nate, where I think that it needs to be reworked in some capacity to make it feel funnier and more fresh. Because for me, this just it just felt kind of the stale. And on top of that, of even night. even though even though this ended up making it a little bit funnier to me. Man, Michael B. Jordan sucks at doing accents. <laughs> oh my word! I don't know so bad. what. So I bad. have no idea what he was trying to do in this sketch, but it was awful. No, he, he was honestly, and again, Michael B. Jordan fans, because you're going to find us on on YouTube and everything. I love Michael B. Jordan, but he was terrible Me in this too. sketch. I didn't think it was a bad sketch. I think it was. A, I think there was elements here that were really good, just not great. And, I can and the, guarantee- some of the parts weren't there. But- I can guarantee you that this sketch was written for Mar- Marcelo Hernandez 
and Michael B. Jordan to be the two, and Keenan was coming over as the manager. And then they did a dry run, and they're like, Michael, can I talk to you over here real quick? Why don't you just pop in? Why don't you just pop in at the end? That's exactly what happened here. Yeah, it probably There's was. There's no honestly, way that's, that's, you could have watched three minutes of Michael B. Jordan consistently trying to do that accent. Come on. I don't, I don't know, man. I think, it not... been, I think it would have been a lot funnier. <laughs> I mean, we, 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 did you not, though, laugh at the uh, the Little Mermaid thing? I thought that was hilarious. The old Little Mermaid. That was, in the that, that, was, that was the joke that I thought was very funny. I agree, though, Brad. It wasn't perfect. There, there was a lot more it went a little long as well but i don't know i i just also am a big fan of marcelo hernandez uh, uh worst of the night though i i don't think so no 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 it's, it is it is all right uh worst of the night pre-taped jake from state farm <laughs> <laughs> written by mikey day shooter seidel and assist from vanessa jackson jake from state farm played by michael p jordan helps a couple played by mikey day and heidi gardner with their insurance needs it's also had andrew dismukes in it this is going to go on a a best of of the season for me this was so freaking funny i loved this sketch this was so well done and oh my word and, and perfectly put together everything about it right up to the ending was perfect like as soon as it was over i was like oh my god that was like a perfect sketch because the escalation from Michael B. Jordan slowly taking oh. over Mikey Day's family to pushing Mikey Day out. Heidi Gardner getting increasingly frustrated with Mikey Day and then turning into this like horror thriller, like like a, the a neighbor next door kind of thing. And my favorite part about this sketch is even as it turns into a horror movie with the way it's shot and the lighting and everything, it still keeps the commercial text coming up when Michael B. Jordan is saying stuff about like about insurance rates and everything. That to me was one of the funniest things. And oh man, it was f- so nice to see such a good and not even just good but but perfect ending to a sketch by having the liberty mutual doug and legally new show up fucking brilliant so so good from start to finish this was this was so good i laughed so hard at the liberty mutual guys so hard yeah and what i such a such such a brilliant joke and a great reveal to your point brad they they could have taken this in a far darker way where the guy from State Farm turns into a horror kind of, you know, person. But even even that, there, there's the elements of it. But, you know, he pushes, Michael B. Jordan pushes Mikey Day up against the, the wall and he whispers, save even more when you bundle home and auto. So he doesn't <laughs> yeah. go with the I'm going to kill you kind of right, thing. Yeah. There, there's just, the, the way enough. they yeah, do yeah. this is just so brilliant. Such good writing. I mean, just such good writing. Uh, it also looks great. Like the, the, the production of it looks fantastic. I, I love this sketch. It was uh, just brilliant. Hey, it was really do you want to hear a fun fact? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so Creed 3 will have Michael B. Jordan starring as Creed, obviously, and his new opponent will be played by Jonathan Majors. Uh, back when Jonathan Majors hosted Freaking SNL, he stacked. also also played Jake from Sta- State Farm in a commercial awards sketch. Oh, that's Really? Fun. That is fun. Oh. Yep. A little trivia for you guys out there. I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, what do you guys think of this Jake from State Farm? Did you guys love this one as much as we do? Let us know in the comments. All right, moving on. Video game session written by Jimmy Fowley and Celeste Yim. Two actors, played by Michael B. Jordan and Bowen Yang, have a hard time recording voiceovers for a new video game. It also starred Mikey Day, Andrew Dismukes, and Marcelo Hernandez. You know, I, I kind of almost, because I'm not a video game player, you you guys have played more video games than I have, I forget that there's actually an industry of video game voice actors, right? That, that's actually a thing. Sometimes even very popular actors yeah, become yeah. the whole, like, you know, I haven't played video games since, like, the 90s, or it was, like, Ryukin kind of thing. But, like, there was somebody that did say that. Of right? course, yeah. So, These are um, real jobs. <laughs> yes. So what did you guys think of this sketch? So 
right off the bat, like I, I had forgotten that this was a genre of SNL skits because this isn't the first time they've done this, like in the booth, taking the lines over mm. and over again. A lot of times there's more back and forth between the producer yeah. and the actor um, that gets more escalated, and I like that. This was a little bit more tame. Uh, Dismukes was the one that was the producer uh, behind the glass, right? Yep. And I didn't necessarily love him just kind of like being a little bit soft on everything i i just i, I you know me i love escalation i want to see more so you don't think this had much escalation I, I mean so it had some it had some but the idea that like i get it right the, the joke is that bo and yang really would sound like that in a real fight and he's meow yeah it's, rough and it's there's some i will admit there was some funny stuff there but this was one of those things where there's a really good solid premise here, and I I wanted so much more. They needed to work it out a little so bit more. much. More. All right, what do you think, Brad? Do you agree? Yeah, no, I I pretty much agree. Yeah, it didn't work quite as well as previous editions of the sketch because uh, they had a pretty funny one when Owen Wilson hosted, uh, which I think was the first episode we ever did, wasn't it? Or at least the first episode of the season we started doing the podcast so long ago. Uh, where they did they did like voice recording for Cars Four, and there were some like really oh, inappropriate I remember lines, that. Yeah, lines, yeah. Of, lines of dialogue. And, that yeah. is, and by the way, that's uh, the better way to do that because it's a real actor that had played a real role, and that's why I'm yeah. all, I'm automatically on board for that, right? Yeah. I, I like that they they varied up the the formula for a little bit by doing something different as far as what they were recording. I actually really liked Andrew Dismukes in this sketch. I, I I liked his delivery and the way he sounded when he was getting more mad and confused as what was going on, because uh, it's really easy I think to do it in a way where like you're getting increasingly mad and you're getting like louder and insane. But him, he's just like he's he's more bewildered than anything and just like the, the I, I like the way his voice fluctuates when he starts to to yell or get angry because it's not it doesn't sound as typical as when somebody gets uh, somebody else gets angry. All right, that's fair. So that's I actually cool. like him in this game. That's fair. All right, moving on to weekend update. Now our regular listeners know that every time we talk about weekend update, we start with whether or not Brad thought there was enough emotional and, and sexual and romantic sexual, spiritual connection between the two weekend update hosts, Michael Che and Colin Jost. Um, this is nothing that is a. This is the Bradometer, right? This is nothing that you can really quantify outside of Brad's emotional connection to them. But I'm going to ask you, where was the Bradometer at? This, this is time? high on this one. This has to be a seven out of ten. You think seven? I do, they, That's what you said last time. Yeah, but they literally talked to each other in this one. They had communication. It wasn't just like a joke, and then the you know Colin laughs a little too hard, then Michael gives him a side eye. They actually talked. So I'm going to say if if last week was 70, Se- I'm actually 75. 75. I'm going to go if I'm going to go 10 10 less. So if, whether oh, okay, it's less, okay. 65 cuz again, I, I direct communication I, for me is huge. I know, I know. I know, but that's where I'm going to say on the Bradometer. We'll see. We'll let's check in with um our co-host Bradford Oman. Brad, where was the Brad, Bradometer Brad, at? Brad live in Utah. Uh what's the weather out like there, everybody? What's the Bradometer say? Uh, well, so if you look over here, we got this cold front moving in, uh, and that's 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 Nate that's Nate being a little bit wrong. Uh, but then we also, have, we also have we also have this warm front coming in because it's Ben being a little bit right, but not quite because I think Nate's right where Ben said seventy last episode, but I was yeah. like, no, no, higher, higher because they, it was great last week. This week, even though they did talk to each other, the the, the, the playfulness between them wasn't quite as high. That's as That's what I wanted to so say. Ben, is it was slightly so less ben than is, last week. Ben is, ben is right. I think this time it is at 70 because last week it was higher than 70. Gotcha. So I think 70 sounds about right. So I'm going to also say I was right because I said slightly less than last week. So we're both. Yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys, we're all friends. You guys, we're all right. 
both a little bit wrong, both a little bit right. I need you know, a trophy. Give me a trophy. So what did you guys love about Weekend Update this week? What did you not love? Uh, any jokes that stood out to you guys? What did you think? The Voldemort jork. Jork? <laughs> <laughs> the Voldemort and jork. <laughs> Voldemort jork. Uh, take two. The Voldemort joke was hilarious. Oh, my God. You couldn't find a more terrifying picture. <laughs> really funny. Um, that yeah, that that was great stuff. But no, he really does. Uh, look yeah, like overall, Voldemort. but yeah, I mean, Che and Joe's have just—they've been on a roll for a while now. Where like they're the the one-liners they have for for the headlines have been fantastic. And obviously, they're not—they're not all written by them. They have plenty of writers who uh, submit jokes for for Weekend Update. But you know, the, the the delivery is an important part of it. And they've just been on fire lately. And so I I really uh, I just really enjoyed what they've been bringing to the table. Yeah, everything everything's uh, been firing on all cylinders. It's been it's been a real joy to watch this season. Just. I look forward to Weekend Update so much because I know no matter what the show is doing, even if I'm having a good time, it means Weekend Update, I'm going to have a great time. Yeah, the, the, it's always at least solid yeah. for me. But I, I want to go back to your point, Brad, the, the pictures, because we've talked about this on the show before. You cannot undersell sometimes how funny a picture will make a joke where it'll be a good joke, but the picture just accelerates it. So whoever comes up with some of those things, you know, whoever finds the picture, I don't know if they have the picture first and they make the joke around it. I don't know. It's it's brilliant because uh, it, is, who, so it makes I want, it so, so much more funny. So whoever the hell came up with the scene here looking like a, because yep. that, that's, that's now a ironclad part. A, it is a trope, right? right? But it, is a but thing it didn't they, exist until what, last year? I think they've done it quite a few times, but but, but I mean they, they they've, they've definitely done it more consistently in in the past oh, couple yeah. years. Yeah. Like literally now, every weekend update yeah. has yeah. one time where they show a a famous political person. I think when they do, it. and I get I excited when it about it. Me too. Yep. When it became repetitive uh, and became a bit unto itself was I think when they kept doing it for Mitch McConnell, and yeah. now they've just applied it to a lot of other people. Yes, yeah. and and the Mitch McConnell thing was very pointed and very funny, obviously, because he really does look like a turtle. He really does, uh, or like Mitch McConnell seen here watching an orphanage burn, and it's yep. just him smiling. <laughs> yeah, smiling. <laughs> like that's really funny. But now that they've extended to to other characters, uh, you know, in the uh, political landscape, it, it is working for sure. All right, we have two different uh, bits on the weekend update. First one, Michael Chase Doorman Carl on the New York rental market. Michael Chase Doorman, played by uh, Keenan Thompson, stops by weekend update to discuss the rental market in New York City. I didn't get this as much. I, I didn't love this. This is probably the thing I didn't love the most about this. What? Yep, I, I thought Keenan was fine. I did. Like, I thought Keenan's performance was Oof, good. Buddy. I just think the comedy was great. I, hey, I didn't love it. Like, no, nay, 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 buddy. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Did you watch the same fucking sketch that we did? I did. Yeah. Like what? Like what, were what's you, going on? Was someone like hit, hit? Was someone punching you in the balls when you were watching this? Did your kids interrupt you five times? When I was growing up, I had a doorman, and the doorman hated <laughs> me, and this was triggering for me. No, uh, I didn't love uh, this. Man, no, I, Keenan, I didn't love man, it. Keenan was He's so, so funny good. in this sketch. Like, I just him saying, "Hey, check." Alone, yeah, was hilarious. So that's the thing. The way like, he kept repeating it. He kept and it, like he's basically interrupting himself and Che at the same time by saying, "Hey, Che." It was it, every it time it happened, it was better. It seemed predictable. No, every yeah. single time it happened, it, it was had, better. And it had great escalation too. It kept, it kept mm. getting worse, and then it got ridiculous towards the end. Oh no! I'll just I'll send those guys away next time. Sorry. Like, oh, I'm like it's incredible. I know you guys are. Uh, yeah, typically... I'll, I'll tell that little dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll tell that little dummy. I know you guys are typically easy laughers, but okay, for those that have a little okay. more refined palate, it wasn't great. Oh, but boy. what was great was the weekend update. Angel on the return of Wendy's vanilla. Oh my uh, god! Are you fucking serious, Nate? This was oh. so bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, oh, Angel. This was, I. 
uh, played by every boxer's girlfriend from every movie about boxing ever. Heidi Gardner um, has some strong opinions about the return of Wendy's Vanilla Frosty until Adonis Creed, uh, played by Michael B. Jordan, interrupts. No, I did not love this. I just wanted to get that response of you. But I bet you Brad did love Heidi Gardner in this. Or Ben did. Uh, no, no. honestly, I didn't. <laughs> no, no. No, Ben did, though. Uh, listen, I, I like the character overall. I think it's a fun weekend update. I know this is just... Come on, guys. Yeah, it wasn't Just great. because fucking Michael B. Jordan's on the show doesn't mean you have to drag out the easiest comparison. Like, it, this honestly feels like if we were writing the show. Oh, you know what we should do? Oh, my God. Did you guys know that he's a boxer in a movie? But, oh, but oh, oh we've like, got one of those. You, put, put that out there. Like, come on. You, what are you doing? But, like, I also think that, like, we're just like now, we're smart enough to realize that, like, don't force it if it's not working. Because, exactly. Like, it's it on, was bad. On, on, the, on the surface, the premise is great. Like, oh, yeah, like, this is, we, we can have Creed on and we'll bring this character back. But they had no good reason to do it other than I think they, like, I think this is the fourth time the they've setup. done this. Yeah. It, I don't, and I, I'm, I'm not going to say that it's run its course because previous times have been really funny. Uh, uh, here's a connection, right? One of the previous times was hosted by Chadwick Boseman. Oh, yeah, there you go. But yeah, it's it's yeah, it just it just did not work. And I think I don't know why they didn't fix this, but like they should have had the cue cards on the other side of the stage so that Michael B. Jordan wasn't constantly looking back and forth. Yeah, like, come on, that man. was just bad uh, yeah. staging. Yeah, I I thought Michael B. Jordan wasn't great in this. Uh, Heidi Gardner did her usual self. The jokes weren't there, but no. you know, uh, nothing her about performance this, was fine, nothing but... about this was great. All right, but I do yeah, love. I love telling Brad how much I love bad sketches, and he blows up immediately. All right, well, especially especially after you say how, how much you didn't like a great sketch. I, I honestly, weekend update was good, but it wasn't great. Uh, I thought last week's weekend update was far better. All right, male confidence yeah. seminar written by Jake Norwind, uh Kira O'Sullivan. I want to apologize to Kira O'Sullivan. I've been pronouncing it Sierra, um, and it's Sienna. it is. Kira O'Sullivan. And, and, and thanks for listening, Kira. We yeah, know you're out there. We love you. Uh, and Will Steven. And by the way, can I just point out the number of people that are actively working at SNL that listen to this podcast? It, it blows my mind, guys. We really appreciate it. It's at listening. least seven dozen. All right. A Confident Man, played by Andrew Dismukes, holds a seminar to teach awkward men, played by Devin Walker, James Austin Johnson, Marcella Hernandez, Michael Longfellow, Bowen Yang, How to Gain Confidence. Um, nope. Is it because you have a big forehead? I just I <laughs> you know, didn't like this. You didn't like this? I thought I it was okay. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I, I agree with Nate. I, I thought it was okay. I didn't think that it was great. I liked Dismu- Dismukes in this sketch as well. I thought he had a uh, Dismukes had a really great night, I think. I um he was my uh, yeah, he was my MVP. But so I, no, I will say uh, I Brad, liked, sorry, let me interrupt, Brad. I after saying about the uh Street Fighter sketch that I didn't like his uh performance there, I really liked him here. The, he he did a yeah. great job in this sketch, and because this is a whole culture, right? This is a whole like it is. Let us teach you how to it be is. a real man, did, kind of thing. He did a great job. His his interactions with being called out and like how he was d- trying to defend himself. Yeah. He was perfect in this sketch. And, and honestly, I written. thought Michael B. Jordan was good in this too. But I, yeah, and, and and I think it's because it plays to his strengths. It's like he he knows how to play this kind of character where he like uh, he he does this kind of like uh, anger and aggression, like, but uh, com- uh, like, confidently and very well. Like just just the delivery of him saying forehead. Yep. That was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, so he's he's clearly he can be like, oh, I've got a chip on my shoulder. I I know that I'm right. I know I'm kind of the underdog here, but I'll show you how this is. Like, th- it's he's playing to his strengths in the sketch. I that's why he was really good in it. Obviously, just the whole thing for me just didn't work. I didn't think. It was, yeah, I thought it was okay, but I, I, I think it was I didn't, bad. I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, didn't my favorite. Didn't 
Moving on, Party in Palm Springs, written by Jimmy Fowley and Kira O'Sullivan again. A bachelorette party gets interrupted by an unexpected visitor, played by Heidi Gardner. Uh, also stars Egan Owodum, Chloe Feynman, Pucky Johnson, Sarah Sherman, and Michael B. Jordan. Um, this was silly. Uh, I thought it was funny. Uh, one of my favorite sketches of the night, but I, it had quite a few laughs for me. Uh, Brad, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I agree. Um, this was one where I, th- I think Michael B. Jordan was really good, too. <laughs> Every time that he did the reintroduction of Pop and Lock was pretty funny for me. Um, but I, I think Heidi Gardner was the one who stole this, just the way that she was dancing with that big pregnant belly, uh, the physical, the physical comedy that came from that was really funny. Um, and one of the, one of the surprise parts that I thought was, was great. And I, I love random lines like this where someone just calls out the, uh, the illogical, you know, kind of sort of nonsense of a very specific detail. And it was Ego Nwodem talking about how long the phone charging cord was. <laughs> yep. Yep. I... Didn't love it. I didn't love it, and maybe it's because it was a little cringy. And I'm, you know, me, I don't love. You, yeah, but the, for the our cringe. listeners, Ben can't even watch The Office because the awkwardness bothers him. And so it was a, a little cringy. I think it got better as it went on. Like, I, like I, I especially really well, love. What was Heidi Gardner's name? Janina Neen, I think is her name. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. This is an example of if Michael B. Jordan was better at as the host in this sketch, it maybe would have been better, but it was pretty, the pop and lock stuff was fine. And I don't know, it just, it was very basic what he was doing. Obviously this is a sketch for Heidi Gardner. I get it. Um, the one thing that was very funny to me, she had the hose between her legs. She's turning to Sarah Sherman. Sarah Sherman almost breaks. And if you look up at Heidi Gardner, she's actively smiling. She cannot hide how much fun she's having putting this hose in both of those yep. women's. And she's yeah. having a good time with it. And that made me, you know, kind of smile internally. Like they're clearly, I think this episode highlights a lot of like everybody was having fun, but sometimes it wasn't really working. I kind of just love the premise of this idea where you have this stripper coming, right? And no, nobody, right, whether it's a, a, a female or a male stripper, nobody wants to think about their life outside of that yeah, room. Absolutely. And right? I do, I do yeah. also love. And so, like, that, that thing made me laugh. The whole, the, the premise made me laugh that this is funny, right? That this male stripper, everyone was excited to see, and everyone's like, oh, show, show me. And then his pregnant girlfriend comes in, and I was like, ah. <laughs> you know? I also really did like the $30 joke. Yeah, like thirty dollar peanut butter. What kind of peanut butter are you buying? Like it went off the rails. Yeah. Punky Johnson's brand. What kind of peanut butter are you buying for thirty? It wasn't about the stripper anymore. It was just this little tangent. That stuff. The and you're right, Brad. The phone charging cord. Like those are the parts of the sketch that really worked and were really funny. The overall, like watching him dance with a pregnant Heidi Gardner. I'm fine, I guess. I don't know. It just nothing like nothing with the dancing or, or the awkwardness was working for me. It could just be because I don't like it when it's cringy. All right. King Brothers, Toyota, written by Andrew Smooks and Brian Tucker. Toyota car dealers, uh, played by Andrew Smooks and James Austin Johnson, advertise their overstock sale-a-thon. This sketch, uh, above all things, made me realize that I want more Andrew Smooks and James Austin Johnson in sketches together. I thought they were yes. great in this. This this was really funny to me. I love this. I, I commented on on the YouTube that this makes you know those who live in suburbs feel seen because again <laughs> you know you stare that left leg <laughs> exactly. Um, but I they were great. Andrew Smooks was fantastic in this. James Austin Johnson was so funny. The premise was great. It was silly, but it, they took a very simple premise and made it funny. It's great. I, I really well, love this. I, I think they made, I, I think they I think they took two simple premises and combined them into something 
awesome because we've seen them do commercials like this before where like there's this kind of energy to it and they're talking directly to the camera. Uh, and what I liked about this is this, this felt like one of those cheesy car commercials, but then you have the next layer of both of them becoming increasingly desperate with their situation where, where you slowly find out that they're so you got the trapped escalation, the dealership right? because yep. they have so many cars. And then on top of that, it goes from being this energetic car commercial to being this hit like job uh, on the congressman or on well, the uh, well, council person. See, I thought of it more as like like one of those wrestling videos where they're like th- like they're threatening the champ, like we're coming for you. No, you okay, know? no, I, I like that too. But what? like when they specifically Hugo Gallagher, or yeah, he, when they called out that specific, I lost my shit. I'm yeah. like, Councilman Hugo Gonzalez is actively trying to harm our community. I mean, that was great. And then honestly, Michael Lee Jordan was pretty good here. Uh, c- coming in as the, the the buff guy that was going to take it to the mattresses, yeah, ketchup, <laughs> salt, like that's right. really funny. Uh, yeah, they, they, and this is another some... one too where I I thought I thought Dismukes was great because of how he yelled and like his the way he increased his anger. Yes, or and and it's set in set in Texas, so when my, uh, James Austin Johnson is like our our, uh, our salesman in Christ here. I, I just it just made me. It, <laughs> I just loved it. Again, it was placed perfectly. Yeah. What, Those guys, what and, then, oh, and then finally, finally, I think one of the, like the the best unsung part of this is finally someone calling out the ridiculous lines that actually form at Raising Cane's, Chick Fil A, <laughs> uh, and, and 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 whatever whatever the third Popeyes. restaurant was. Because uh, no, it wasn't Popeyes. Oh, I forgot what it was. But, but I say that because the lines funny. are all too long. <laughs> I have thought about this many times driving in. We've got a couple, you know, places, you know, if, if you're in Northwest Indiana and you're listening to this, you know this, but uh, those of you that aren't, we've got a lot of listeners everywhere, but where we're at, we're in the shadow of Chicago and we've got different suburbs. One of them I'm thinking of for, for our co-host here, Merrillville. I go there sometimes. I'm like, why did they not plan this better? Right. I cannot get over into the lane. Because there's, to, because literally right? somebody is, uh, and there's either, a either bunch of car dealerships. Portillo's. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Or or at Chick Fil A, and it's bleeding out yep. into the damn intersection. And so so there was part of this that I, I laughed at because the premise for me, I'm like, I get that, I do get it. Also, you know? I'm speaking to yeah. you. I'm speaking to you, person who sees 37 cars and goes, you know what? I got time to be 38. Oh my word! What's wrong with your life? Oh, it's it's the same thing uh, again. Ranting now, but when I go to Starbucks and get a, a coffee or something, do you not know that there's a mobile app that you can order ahead? <laughs> Why are you waiting 30 minutes in a line when just order ahead at home? Like, people, we got to be smarter than this. America, we're, we're falling. Not. We're, we're not. falling because you can't realize to order on your phone before. Hey, plants love electrolytes. Ah, jeez. All right, moving on. Uh, pre-tape. Ended the show on a pre-tape, by the way. Um, falling down, written again by Andrew Dismukes. So he had the last two. Uh, Michael B. Jordan has a few embarrassing moments by cast member Andrew Dismukes. When he's getting ready to host Saturday Night Live, this is also at Bo and Yang and Sarah Sherman. I, I feel like this is a sketch where people are going to love or hate it. I actually love this sketch. I thought it was really funny. Andrew Smooks was great in this. It was silly. It was dumb. And it hit me right. And I understand when people don't like this. I thought it was great. What did you guys say? Can I, can I nitpick? Yeah, go ahead. So me, wait, oh- wait, wait. Are you okay, bud? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pick some nits here. Um, I think the sketch was really good. You know, the part that I didn't like sure. was his falling. At the end? No, no. Like, every time he oh, fell, it, just, it looked so fake, and it was not, it just, I don't know. I 
I'm picking it and it's Pre- here. I will say, pretzels are a skill. It looked weirdly bad and fake the whole time. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not really buying this. That's, just, I, and I know that's not the premise. I know that's not the that's not the the shtick. It's just that he's falling in the But like, it, we it haven't should be seen, believable. We haven't seen Andrew Smooks in a sketch like this, specifically like this, where you know he goes and he talks to Bo and Yang and Sarah Sherman. And they're like, dude, you you can't do this anymore. I liked all that. And he's like, you can't get mad at me for something that's I great. didn't know. And that's I'm why this you, sketch is awesome. When when that when that thing happened, I'm like, this is brilliant. Because These guys are great. So that part I love because that's real. That's yep. grounded. That's what he yep. would really say. I, that's I, a real interaction. And so that took it took away from the fact yep. that like when Michael B. Jordan fell out, he he sounded kind of like you know like kind of got on his knees and going. Like, it's not a real fall, and it really took me out of it. I don't, I'm an sometimes idiot. Sometimes you idiot. fall, sometimes I'm I there. I there. <laughs> Brad, what do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, um, it didn't quite take me out of the sketch as much as you did, Ben, but I do agree his his falls were not uh, Great. very skilled for somebody who I feel like should be good at physical performing. Like because he gets knocked down um, in the in the ring. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know. And yeah, as, but and, uh, and Sarah, I, Sarah Live, you've you've had a lot of falls on the show. Maybe just like you know, the fall could be cut. You can cut. You don't have to yep. just like show him the whole time. There's a mattress on the ground, so the man can go for it. I don't know. But yeah, this music was great in the sketch. He was awesome. And the every now and then he has a sketch like this uh, that makes me feel like he could be like a worthy successor uh, to Kyle Mooney and Beck mm. Bennett. And I wish mm. it happened more often because this is the kind of stuff I like seeing from him. I agree. This pre-tape here, it made me go, I want more of this weirdness. You know, we didn't see anything yeah. from the Please Don't Destroy guys. They didn't even co-write anything this week. I don't know if they had it off or just didn't get a sketch in. They all had, they had a wedding. Um, yeah. <laughs> and where one goes, they, they all, all go. go. Um, they're actually working on a movie right now as well. But So I don't know if that was part of it. But uh, I thought it, it filled that gap for me, that Please Don't Destroy yeah. weirdness thing. Um, it was good. No, I, overall, it, I really it, liked it. But what I loved about it is it had a very unique Andrew Dismukes voice to it, right? It wasn't just them him trying to do Sarah Sherman or him trying to do Please Don't Destroy. It was silly and it was great. Are we all in agreement that he was the MVP? Brad, did you pull him as your MVP? Yeah, he was absolutely going to be my MVP. Oh, good. I, yeah. I love it when we were on. Yeah, yeah. It, it I thought Heidi be. Gardner had a good episode. Sure, um, but, but I, I've never seen Andrew Dismukes do so much. He also wrote, right? He wrote the King Brothers Toyota, and he wrote the Falling Down yeah, sketches, it's just, which always places it higher for me when when cast members. He he crushes this episode, especially when he's been a little. I won't say weak lately, but I haven't seen him as much as I would like to. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this is all and- all Andy D all the time. I also thought, by and large, this was not my favorite episode of the the season. But it was a very good episode. There was wasn't solid. a lot of weak sketches in this. Actually, I don't think there was a bad sketch for me. Well, I know Brad liked Brad, it. Brad hated the but, uh, Dominican sketch. But but I don't think that was a bad sketch. There <laughs> I was, didn't, there I didn't was, hate it. I specifically said I don't think it's downright terrible, but it's the worst. I mean, there, there have been some episodes where we've talked before where there's one or two really bad sketches that just aren't funny yeah. at all. I don't think there no, was but this that episode, in this, you know. Yeah, this episode overall I thought was really good. You know, it's it's not uh, among the best, I don't think, but it's it's pretty close to the top. What uh, Nate? What was your least favorite sketch of the night? Did you have a least? Can favorite? Can we pick the bits from uh, Weekend Update or no? Because th- they weren't very. I mean, good. I know that the, the the Heidi Gardner on Weekend Update was probably the the weakest part of the episode. But if I have to pick a weakest sketch, it, to me, it's not the towel, the towel boys. It it would probably be the male pickup artist one. 
I think the stripper one is worse than the male pickup yeah, artist. Maybe. I actually like I like male pickup artists, but yeah, it, for me, it's Cowboys is worse, followed by the stripper one. I just man, it was there's such a good there's a, a good premise there. Though. Honestly, like, and I so think you guys like it better. Than I, don't, I, I would probably I, pick I don't, the cold I don't, open. I don't cold give open was the weakest points, thing for me. I don't give points to sketches for having potential. You fucking execute it and you make it work, or get the fuck out of here. But I did. I thought that it, which is what Lauren Michaels says all the time. Um, get the fuck out of here. So I feel That's like a quote it, from Lauren Michaels' book. It really. It, I thought it worked enough though, like the Ellen Denemanis. Yeah, I, there there was just a lot in there that I I just thought it was funny. Oh, it's really funny. He's got a Dominican accent. Well, he well, he, I mean, he does, he but that's like, not why we like. Him. He co-wrote this sketch, so it sounds like he's making fun of. Uh, so sounds he, like you should co-write a different sketch that's better. Okay. Wow. Okay. You know what? Go to bed. All right. Yeah. What time is it? You're on. You're on notice. You're on notice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, they're in like a. Blocks of three of these episodes. This was the second one of the the three. Next week we have a new host. Who is it, Bradford? Who is hosting the Saturday Night Live? February fourth, Pedro Pascal, star of The Mandalorian and the new hit HBO show, the video game adaptation, The Last of Us. And he'll be joined by Coldplay as the musical guest. So maybe we'll even get a little bit of Chris Martin action in on the sketches because he likes to play with the cast from time to time. Yeah, they've been on the show seven times now. This is Pedro Pascal's first time, though. I- I'm very, very excited about this. I, I see potential to be a- kind of an Oscar Isaacs thing here. And I think, Brad, you would probably know better than I, but I think they're very close friends, aren't they? The two of them. I've yes, seen them yeah, in things are. together and they seem to speak like they actually hang out outside of, you know. So that could be a very good thing, like... A lot of good advice sharing. A lot of uh, how to be a good host. Well, and plus, and plus, Pedro, Pedro Pascal just he we know he has a good comedic chops. Oh, I mean, yes. he's hilarious in, in the unbearable weight of massive talent, and yep. he's just a very jovial guy. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very. Excited and also, to see he's he does show. when when you do have uh, people on the show that are physically imposing, larger than life. Like Pedro, he's not a small man. He's he's a kind of a bigger dude, isn't he? I don't. I don't think so. I actually. I, I, I think he's actually like. A, I don't think he's big, but I don't. But he's, he's not, like, like uh, six, he's, six two, like two hundred and forty pounds, like just no. a massive human being. <laughs> I don't know. He's five no, eleven. He, is he really five eleven? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so he's so he's, he's not. He's tall. I mean, he's tall. Oscar yeah. Isaac's yeah. only five eight. So I mean, you know, everyone in Hollywood is super small. <laughs> Tom Cruise should host. Sure. Just follow him around with uh, the Apple boxes. I, would, I wish. I wish he would. I really wish he would. Oh, there's yeah. no way he prepares way too much. I'm excited. I I wonder though. Again, Pedro Pascal. I, I, is he American? I don't. I don't know because I don't want to say he's Latino American, but. Uh, I know he is Latino. You know, I, I want to see him do some things with Marcelo Hernandez, maybe, you know, again, because Marcelo Hernandez has tried to really tap into his Latino heritage for comedy, these kind of things. Obviously, in his stand up, he taps into it a lot. I'd love to see some of that. Um, again, I love it when SNL adopts, you know, comedy that's diverse and tries to write was, for that as well. Uh, Molly, Molly Carney mm-hmm. in the woodshed this episode, they, they weren't anywhere. Just, just, just disappeared from the show. You know, yeah, you had such right. a bad time last episode. No, that happens. Happens from time to time. Uh, to answer your question, Nate, Pedro Pascal uh, is Chilean. Okay, all right. So Molly was in. Well, he's uh, Chilean until he hosts the show, but then he should really wake Molly up. Molly was in the pre-tape uh, Southwest up, Airlines, man. but I don't <laughs> think they were in anything else. Okay. So all right, well, they were with. Uh, Please don't destroy somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> at that wedding. Yeah. So well, we did it, boys. We covered uh, SNL uh, again. Hard to say that it's like the best episode of the season, of course. But, Very good, though. but hard to point to an episode or a sketch here that was really bad. Like there weren't really any really bad sketches. That that that's my thing. Again, not the best. It, and there probably 
wasn't my favorite sketch of the season either in this, but the some of the parts here were very good. So sketch of the night, Jake from State Farm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So Andrew Jake's Muse, uh MVP, Jake from State Farm, sketch of the night. Guys, we did it. Way to go, guys. Hey, we want to hear from you. What was your favorite sketch of the night? Who is your MVP? Let us know. We like to post lots of stuff during the week, even when we don't have an episode. Again, we're posting stuff all the time about Saturday Night Live. So if you're a fan of the show or the cast, uh, like us on Facebook, like us on uh, Twitter as well, and just follow us on the 10 to 1. Also, uh, what were we like? What were we wrong about? There are opinions that yep. we all share, but like, what did we get wrong? Tell we, us. we like to tell each other we're wrong. Oh, so, you've heard um, it. So just call us out. Tell us. To, uh, you won't hurt our feelings. If it was regarding Brad's commentary, if you think that Brad said something wrong, just let me know personally. Just, you know, hit me up. If you have a problem, like just with Ben in everyday life, uh, make sure to, to write about it anywhere you can. Uh, put put an ad in your local newspaper. Uh, send send an audio clip to your favorite radio show. Um, spray paint something on a sign and stand in front of a local news station. So we have uh, whatever we have you need. The response from like sixty five year old men and also fourteen year old boys, like graffiti and also newspapers. Hey, yeah, I mean, I I just want to make sure that every demographic gets a chance to to uh, to tell you how wrong you are. All right. I'm I'm buttoned back in here. <laughs> Go to the ten to one dot com. Follow us there as well. You can find all of our past episodes. Uh, rate and review us on any of the uh, sites that you can do that with Apple Podcasts. These kind of things. Um, Hootie hoot. Brad, where can people find you online? Uh, find me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton. Uh, you can check out my reviews about Saturday Night Live whenever there's a new episode on Slashfilm dot com on Sunday mornings after the episode airs. And uh, just check out Slash Film for any other movie or TV news that might tickle your little funny bone. Ben, you're on somewhere, right? Oh, um, yeah, I'm all over. You can find me on uh, on on Hootsuite. I'm on Monkey Bone. <laughs> and I'm also on Bicycle Upside Down Cake. All right. Hey, and you can always like us uh, as well. Go to GoFlixYourselfPod.com uh, and find us there. We've got a movie uh, podcast you can follow. We have a lot of fun there. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Again, like us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and keep following us. Again, introduce yourself. We'd love to meet you. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Bye-bye. <laughs>